Thanks for coming back to another episode of Quality Sense. My name is Federico Toledo, and as usual, I will be sharing with you a conversation, an interview, in order to understand more and learn more about software testing and quality practices. My guest today, Sumita Garwal, has over 20 years of professional experience in the technology field. Today, he is the lead cloud architect at a global fintech company with experience in performance testing, DevOps, and agile methodologies. Listen to today's episode where we discussed about the origin of DevOps. We also talked about testing and dealing with legacy code and also about making the necessary culture shifts to successfully implement modern software delivery practices and much more. Hello, Zamid. How are you doing today? I'm very good. Hi, Federico. Uh, nice to be here. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention is that I saw that you are uh, also an organizer of uh, different conferences around the topic of DevOps. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, so I am involved with All Day DevOps uh, from a culture transformation track perspective. Um, Derek Weeks, uh, who is the co-founder for All Day DevOps, he actually credits the track uh, to me. We were out at uh, dinner while he was visiting London and um, we we got talking and I, I presented at the first All Day DevOps conference and I, I just mentioned to him that I believe what was missing was a cultural transformation track given DevOps has such a heavy culture uh, component. And he said uh, to me, if I wanted to run it, I've got it. So I, uh, I then hosted from the next year on the uh, culture track. I think this year was the first time that I actually moderated other tracks instead of the culture track. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, 24 and it started long before we were hit by COVID and everything went virtual. So it was the first 24-hour live virtual conference uh, covering uh, the idea being to get DevOps conferences to people who didn't have travel budgets or uh, were in remote parts that didn't have DevOps conferences. And then when I moved to New York, uh, after attending my first DevOps days in New York, um, I actually got in touch with uh, the organizing people and started working uh, with that committee. So that was, uh, yeah, we did 2019, 2020, and COVID hit us right as we ended uh, DevOps Days New York 2020. Uh, March 5th was when the conference ended and everything pretty much locked down. The, uh, if it had been towards the end of that week, we would have probably had to cancel the conference. Oh, just in time. <laughs> just in time, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's, um, so my, my love for the DevOps community started with me attending DevOps days in London and uh, then Andy Mann, who's with Splunk, um, we got talking and he introduced me to all day DevOps. So yeah, the community uh, overall is fantastic at sharing and um, promoting. Yeah, the, the, good the ideas. Positive. 
One of the few positive aspects of this pandemic is that we have the possibility of attending conferences all over the world without extra budget for that, right? <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. So, uh, and talking about DevOps and, and the culture around DevOps, uh, what's, what's your view on how testing is related to, to, to DevOps? So, um, and uh, I think the name just happened. DevOps, the name just came about because of uh, the history of it with uh, a birds of a feather session and then Patrick Dubois uh, setting up DevOps Days Kent and the, the conversation from there going into how do we, and I think one of the pieces, uh, one of the history from my perspective on that was Agile was already a thing. And so Scrum, Agile were already things. And so when they, when they used the word dev, they kind of assumed we were talking about dev teams, which included testing and QA as a function within dev. And the conversation was about how do we get agility to infrastructure and the operations aspect. So the name itself with being DevOps uh, didn't exclude testing. We've heard DevQA ops, DevSecOps, but that wasn't the idea of it all. Uh, it, it assumed that QA was already part of that dev wording. And uh, so, yeah, uh, I think, and then there's, there's the continuous delivery aspect that comes into it. And I think you can't do continuous delivery without testing uh, incorporated into it. Uh, the whole idea of DevOps as Gene Kim have talked about um, and everywhere else, pipelines or automation on pipelines is an integral part uh, of the DevOps culture, the DevOps mindset. The whole idea is increasing feedback loops and shortening those feedback loops, the cycle time. And uh, by speed of delivery, you actually want to make it less risky and risk equals testing in some respect. So I, I believe, um, yeah, in, in all of this, um, testing and risk reduction is at the heart of DevOps. We want to have more confidence in what we're deploying into uh, into any environment. So uh, we want to move left uh, on on everything. So whether that's um, testing or um, any, uh, as in unit testing or any other aspect, it, it should be um, incorporated into. I really like about talking about the, the culture around DevOps, because many people confuse, I, I've seen that many people confuse the term DevOps with continuous delivery or automated pipelines or things like this. But what happened with the so-called uh, manual testing or exploratory testing? How yeah. is that connected with the DevOps? So uh, the thing is, and um, as I was talking about being um, more comfortable with software uh, releasing or releasing software. And we then start talking about, uh, and Martin Fowler's spoken about the testing pyramid. Uh, 
there's there's so much that automated testing can do that um, there is still space for manual and exploratory testing. So what DevOps and automation doesn't mean that you you can replace uh, that human aspect of it. I mean, something that automation can only cover so much. If if a word needs to be in a certain place, you could make it uh, transparent on a screen and still have the automation pass. You could probably check the colors, but how many permutations and combinations and then yeah, there's uh, there's the whole accessibility aspect of what if I'm colorblind and does everything match up? And yes, you could automate all of that, but the amount of time you would spend to automate that versus actually having a human test that uh, manually or exploratory testing, it doesn't take away from that fact. And um, yeah, you still need somebody who has a testing mindset to come up with uh, what needs to be tested and what should be tested automatically every time we're putting it through the system versus, or through the pipeline versus what should be done once. Like I, I built it, do I, I'm not gonna be, um, yeah, changing some of that. And that's more of an exploratory thing. Yeah. I mean. Uh, Again, UX and design, et cetera, you can't automate test that. Is, is something usable that has to be very much uh, a manual thing. Yeah, the, the, the mindset. I think this is the key here. It's like having the mindset and then with this uh, testing mindset, you can decide which things you should automate in order to be more efficient and less error prone or uh, improving your processes, but also yeah. there are many things and aspects that you should continually co continue doing in a manual way. I'm doing yeah. both. <laughs> so uh, again, I mean, with agile delivery, what are you changing more frequently and what is likely to break? You automate that piece, but what, what you don't change and what isn't adding value, if you end up spending 50 days writing an automated test for something that never changes, you, you're really not adding value to, to your testing process. So yeah. there's, there's a space for manual testing on that front. You have background working in a big financial company. And I think when talking about Agile, many people tend to think in, in small scrum teams or maybe startup, how is it different in a big company, in a big corporation? So uh, I think with, with a big company, uh, the, there's, there's multiple challenges. One, you've got, uh, you've got huge amount of scale and uh, there's the whole legacy aspect as well. Uh, we we have systems that were written in the 80s and 90s, well before TDD was a thing or test automation was a thing and old water scoop, waterfall kind of ways of delivery of those systems. So, and they continue to make a lot of money for the organization. So uh, 
there's there's been partial rewrites there's uh there's components that are added with more modern technology uh ways of delivery have changed on those things uh from waterfall to agile but still the the legacy aspect uh, as and there's various different definitions of legacy some people call it legacy equals money making legacy equals non tested code um so from that perspective i'd call it kind of a combination of all of those that there may be bits and pieces that are tested from uh from a regression testing perspective so we've got regression tests that have been written out and those have been offshored uh to continue doing manually uh there's even things around trying to do trying to automate that in an end to end fashion so there's there's aspects and we were talking about agility so there's aspects of agility around yes i need to be able to deliver in 2 3 4 week sprints but testing and the the whole aspect of a dev equals dev and test that might not be true in some big organizations because of the legacy aspect of the code and yeah it just takes far too long the code base is so big that it wouldn't uh, be possible to automate uh, fully and um, so there's there's obviously lots of different initiatives in a big organization and with so many systems that cover how to get better at covering that regression and i think the only way to do that is with an iterative approach with as you write new codes and uh, i think one of the great books on that is working effectively with legacy code um which which talks about how to how to introduce more testing uh, more automated testing into into code that is non tested yeah and maybe by doing so you can uh adopt more agile practices uh yeah and uh, another thing is sometimes with compliance and how your audit controls are written etc that you you have you have it written in your in your compliance that you will have segregation of roles and duties that you need that qa uh qc separate separate unit that certifies that something has been tested and then you start getting those silos which then introduce some of that repetition so yes i've got i've got things covered with tdd or unit tests but you still need to cover the whole thing because in your controls you've got it written that the whole working software is going to be tested with uh by the qa team because they can't now trust what's been done in code already with tdd so uh, and coming back to the culture aspect and what what some of the greats have talked about in the devops field is how do you change these processes to make use of the automation so how do we talk to audit and rewrite those controls to say uh we trust our pipeline and somebody wouldn't be able to a dev team wouldn't be able to change uh, or disable tests 
because that's what you're trying to guarantee with some of these controls is, yes, this body that knows how to test, we're going to take, um, take that, uh, but build it into the pipeline now. So, um, and as a result, we can now say, okay, it isn't the function of a separate silo to verify the software because the pipeline itself ensures that once a test is introduced, it can't be taken off. And then the pipeline's ensuring it. And so you, you start building in that level of trust with the pipeline and all of that. So uh, yeah, it's um, again, some of this comes from the, uh, the added uh, knowledge that all the spaces add to DevOps, I think. Uh. I'd like to make a short pause to thank Abstracta for sponsoring this podcast. Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. So as I understood, uh, you're proposing to automate some of the scenarios that maybe an, an audit could include, include these uh, scenarios, these automated scenarios in the pipeline so you can run them uh, more fre frequently and, and have a, an early feedback and also work in the, in the communication between the different silos so you can maybe uh, avoid duplications uh, in yeah. the course to verify these type of things. Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, and uh, when I talked about the test pyramid that, that has been spoken about uh, previously, you want to have lots of very quick running unit tests so that you get a lot of confidence in the code as it's coming out, early feedback. Uh, so the developer checks in code, it runs uh, tons, of, tons of small little tests that run in memory without, uh, say for example, using a relational database. And then um, as, you, as you move up the stack, the tests start becoming slower and, you, uh, and probably more fragile. So you want to do less of those. Uh, and as a result, yeah, you don't want that duplication. If something's already been verified at the unit test level, then why do them at the integration test? You don't need to be doing all the different scenarios at the higher layers, you want to do very minimum of those. And that's all kind of cultural as well as um, how do you change that in a big enterprise where you've got these controls. So those controls need to be rewritten with the automation and everything in, in play. Yeah, and many people involved. I, I think that this makes makes the challenge even uh, harder because the, the, there are many, many people uh, involved in the, in the in all the processes. I find I find fascinating that uh, you can try to modify the culture of a company through the technology or or through the technical aspects of how you 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 are working with automation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and there's, been, there's been some debates uh, on Twitter uh, that, I've, that I've followed, which is uh, all about, is DevOps about tools or is it about culture? And oh, uh, we, we don't need a tool, we need a culture or the other way around. And I think 
couple of those conversations, people were just debating for the for the sake of debating. They never thought it was one or the other. But um, and people taking stands on either side of those just from just to make a point. But um, the I, I come across, and that's why it, it has to be the trifecta of people, process, and technology. So technology being the tools. So you have to change mindsets. Uh, people uh, and in big enterprises, and when I say uh, code living on for 30, 40 years, there's, there's different mindsets. There's people who've grown up doing it a certain way and you're asking and um, they're probably on the verge of retirement at some time and you, you're asking them to now do things very, very differently to what what they know and they've 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 grown old um, doing that and um, it's uh, it's very uh, so you need to change uh, change mindsets you need to change processes because yeah they're written in you you need to comply with what you've set uh, that's an audit requirement the government comes after you the uh, clients come after you the uh, authorities come after you if you don't follow what you put put down so there's uh, there's a lot of work on that side and then yes uh, the technology has moved on to help make those some make those changes possible like we couldn't have done that before but we can now because yeah the technology yeah, so makes it possible we, we have to work in both aspects at the same time in the technology and in the mindset of the people involved in all the process. Yeah. Uh, and so one of the things that um, we we talk about uh, DevOps engineers or automation engineers, and that's one thing. But uh, one of the definitions I think I, I picked it up from Puppet was a DevOps engineer uh, is somebody who has the ability to actually affect change. And... Uh, one of the books that I, uh, one of the first DevOps uh, meetups that I went, or I think it was a Java meetup, but the talk was about DevOps. And um, it, it actually, when, when the presenter was showing all the books that he recommends, I think there was a whole slide dedicated to change management related books. Because DevOps from that perspective is also about change. And testing is about change. So it, it, it is all about, yeah, we, we want to be constantly bringing change into our software, into our organization. And one of the other things uh, there is how do you continuously bring about change? Because uh, that's what we're trying to do with software delivery. It's continuous delivery of new features, bug fixes, et cetera. There's continuous testing to kind of, make that possible, but we also then need to keep looking at our processes to keep adjusting and improving from that. Yeah, you, you know that we, we, we offer at Abstracta, we offer software testing services, right? Uh, but we, we've been working a lot of times with companies trying to help them adopt a, an agile culture or a DevOps culture from our activities in software testing, because I really believe that from from this perspective, you can uh, have some influence in different areas to help with the feedback feedback 
loops or so many different aspects that can contribute to the, this uh, cultural uh, and mindset aspect. Uh, yeah, uh, in, uh, and while we're talking about that, uh, for example, without the cloud, it would be very difficult to spin up test environments at will. Uh, can you do that on a private cloud? Do you have the capacity to just be able to spin up, let's say 20 environments, 50 environments to just very, very quickly run your tests? So, but then, yeah, adopting the cloud can be a very process-oriented uh, change for an organization because they're not okay putting their data onto the cloud. And then, yeah, things like, can I do copybacks from production into my lower environments? Do I have to do masking? Uh, again, we, we could have technology help with that because again, cloud could help spin that uh, masking workload very, very quickly versus previously you just didn't have the ability to one, bring up so many environments or be able to have that compute available to mask because if you've got really large databases, you can't. So I think it's, it's all of that putting it together, but you also then have training effort because how many of your people truly uh, if they've been working on legacy uh, stuff uh, and in the data centers, how do you get them on up to speed? So that's one of the very big challenges is, I mean, even, even training people in testing mindset. So if I've always been a manual tester that basically executes these scripts that have been written out manually on those systems, now asking them to do automated regression tests or become uh, um, the uh, SDET uh, terminology, uh, software developer in testing, or uh, how there's, there's a big learning curve because you, you're completely changing the skill set. How, uh, how to test a system interactively is very different to testing a system programmatically. And you have to start making architectural changes to the software to allow for that testing to happen as well. Yeah, many, many changes in the, in the tools that you use, in the activities that you do, but also in the way you interact with your peers and yes. with other areas of your organization, right? Yeah, I mean, and so um, we, we spoke for business uh, uh, before and um, one, of the, one of the challenges is I've, I've been approached by enough companies that are offering testing as a service. Uh, and what I, what I liked from uh, getting in touch with you was you were actually affecting change in how to think about testing from a modern agile perspective. So uh, if, if I just want manual testers in an offshore location, that there's, there's plenty of kind of body shops out there that'll do that work. But really what's, what's needed to advance software delivery with a DevOps mindset has to do with, yeah, adopting the, the, the change and the culture around, uh, yeah, how do I, how do I improve the feedback loops? And I think uh, in the um, state of DevOps report, uh, Nicole Forsgren uh, and 
uh, others called out that um, large-scale functional outsourcing causes problems or uh, is is correlated with lower uh, delivery de- delivery speeds. So um, yeah, should you be um, wholesale outsourcing QA or should you be bringing in more uh, more from a consulting perspective, bringing in people to help improve your uh, ways of doing that. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting. But yeah, large scale again from from a large company's perspective, you've got you've got plenty of things to think about. From how much of this is going to get um, get modernized, or do I do I need to start saving? Uh, costs in kind of more expensive locations by shifting that work to uh, across the globe, the, the world's plan. So how do you? So uh, for me, this is a very interesting topic because it, it's uh, mainly nowadays with the, with the pandemic, we are all wor- working and collaborating from different parts of the world or uh, we d- don't need to be seated in the same ro- room, right? To, to yeah. foster collaboration. So the, the, the thing here is how to promote, how to generate a, the, the spirit of a team and, and the, a proper collaboration, uh, and not only within the developers, also with testers, with people working in support, with people working in different areas of the organization. This is a, 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 a great challenge and, and solving this, I think we can make a huge impact in a huge... And- yeah, that's that's another topic that's very close to my heart is around uh, organizations and the socio-technical systems that uh, that make up an organization and um, collaboration for global teams uh, and getting to know people at a personal level because in a in a small team, I mean. Are we are we using the chat and collaboration systems like Slack and Teams or uh, just for work? But yeah, are you are you really bringing your whole self to work? And then, how uh, if if we're going to be part of a team but that is remote and virtual, for example, how do you how do you make that personal connect? Because there's so much more to a person than than the working life. Like um, if, if they're having a challenge at, um, at home and they're not fully present, you, as, as a team, it's impacting the team's productivity. So, um, and uh, that's, that's another side of it that we, we got to uh, think about is how to bring, bring the team closer together while still being virtual. There's some great stuff from, uh, I was actually recently revisiting GitLab's um, remote working culture uh, documents. They, they published them openly uh, across and um, yeah, they actually talk about making uh, informal communication formal. So um, the whole idea being that if, if you're in an office and you go grab a coffee, you'll bump into somebody, the conversation is just going to happen. Uh, you don't need to be very um, formal about setting up that informal communication because you'll bump into people. You'll meet people, you'll meet new people within an organization. But when you're fully virtual, 
those opportunities don't automatically come up. So you have to be very intentional about creating that space for that informal communication. Like, do you, do you set up uh, meetings uh, for a happy hour or coffee time and um, organizing a lunch where uh, somebody gets, um, and so that you can have informal communication, uh, but making it more intentional. Uh, for example, we we spent uh, we spent months trying to coordinate this, but yeah, we we intentionally did. So, yes. So we already have the topic for our next next conversation. <laughs> Because I agree that this is a very interesting topic, and we could discuss about it uh, about different uh, related aspects. And yeah, it's, and it's very connected with the DevOps culture because. For collaboration is key and motivation is key. Trying to wrap up this conversation today, I have a couple of, a couple of questions. Uh, one, you, you already mentioned some books and some uh, interesting material that I will add to the episode notes, but do you have any other <laughs> book to recommend our listeners? So my, my latest favorite that I've done one very quick read of, uh, but I need to read over and over again is uh, Sooner Safer Happier. And uh, we, we've talked about it today a lot about agility. Uh, so, and the book tries to um, focus on how to be nimble and agile or agility without using the word, uh, using agile as a big A agile and a big T transformation. So um, uh, that's, uh, it, it summarizes a lot of kind of DevOps uh, ideas into the book around agility. So sooner, safer, happy. Perfect, great, thank you. And um, what about habits? Do you, do you have any habit that you will suggest to form Uh, in order to improve productivity or your happiness at work? So uh, I think it's a, it's a journey for me, uh, but one of the things for me uh, within the DevOps space uh, has been uh, reading. I end up reading and listening to podcasts, uh, etc. So when I used to drive to work um, because I didn't get a chance to read as much, so I would listen, listen to stuff more and... Uh, with the pandemic, all of it has kind of ground to a halt a little bit, but I still try to read as much as possible. So, um, yeah. Yeah, there, there, are, there are many things to learn from other people always. Yeah, the thing is, I, I do Twitter a bit and uh, there's, there's people I follow from the DevOps community. There's, there's always new content and uh, new thoughts. Also, Uh, one of the things I'd recommend is um, if if you are in a testing, for example, or an agile scrum master type person, try and broaden, broaden the reach there. Uh, because I feel uh, when, when I look at conferences, uh, DevOps, so uh, people kind of assume automation engineers and ops or... Uh, But what, what I don't see, even from an organizing perspective, is what I don't see is as many people coming from the testing community or looking at the agile community. Um, and 
uh, it's it's very important to kind of widen that uh, scope to look at other communities and what's happening in those. So bringing in uh, testing people uh, or looking at content from those other fields is quite important. Yeah, totally. And uh, do you want to invite our listeners to do something, reach out or whatever? Uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter. It's um, uh, AGA underscore Sumit on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's probably the most, uh, most uh, from a social media perspective where I'd like to uh, talk. LinkedIn becomes too formal and um, yeah, so. Okay, perfect. Samit, thank you so much for all the conversation and all the knowledge that, and ideas that you share. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Federico. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. I hope your sense for quality got better after this conversation. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe to Quality Sense Podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your colleagues or whoever you think can benefit from listening to it. I hope to see you soon. Adios, amigos. Thank you.